Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Adamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined by someone who podcasts in his bathroom, in a basement, in a storage closet, heck, maybe even inside your house. It's the doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? That's true, man. You know, I'm just uh, just waiting until like another month when I have a consistent podcast area. You're just all over the place. You're in uh, the bottom basement room of that was Jason's old room or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's just a Jason poster in the back. I'm like that paper bag in the wind from American Beauty. You just never know where I'll end oh, up. There we podcast. go. There we go. We got to get you on a new uh, movie minutes, man. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Wait, wasn't it a plastic bag? Yeah. Oh, wow. Plastic oh, yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. oh wow. Look, he already's <laughs> messing it up. Our guest, who's a very smart guy, will introduce also in a second. I have to also, of course, introduce. The Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore, a.k.a. the man that's known to be one with the force. What's going on? Never once said that about myself, but I'm feeling good, man. We got the NBA Finals tonight. I'm doing my Scott Fishbowl drafts, you know? What more could you ask for? I don't know, but I, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars recently, so I uh, just was like, you know what? I feel like Brad would be a Jedi if he actually trained it to be, so I like feel that. like it fit. I believe but... that in my mind. <laughs> But as you can tell, no Johnny Foosball, so we leveled up and brought somebody in even better. So joining the podcast tonight, we welcome in a man that only knows one way to live, and that's all in. A senior writer for The Athletic, a ranking sage, and the Sheldon and Rick of fantasy sports, this award-winning analyst stays a busy bee as he plays parts in Bets TV, Flex Leagues, and if you try to boo this man, it means nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you a man of poker, a man of fantasy, a man after my heart, after his love of cereal, candy, and old school video games. It's the man, the myth, the legend known as Jake Seeley. What's going on, man? I appreciate the intro, although you should have replaced man with boy. I think it just because <laughs> I mean, if you're looking behind me, I was looking when you said Star Wars because I was like counting up the Star Wars things that are <laughs> like the Darth yeah. Vader helmet that actually like breathes and I got crap. There's a chewy. I mean, I got too much. That's why you should have said boy. That should have been boy. Perfect intro. Just put boy every time you said man. <laughs> Did your your scenery and your background puts I have a blank wall behind me. You have like everything that is anything behind you. Like I feel like, and I feel like Brad's letter? outside my high school. Like where where, where are you sitting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in my apartment. I'm outside on my porch, man. I'm on my apart apartment porch. I got I got okay. times, I got a, a window. <laughs> That's the bird burping out there. Yeah. So Jake, pumped to have you on. We were talking a little bit before the show, and I saw, again, reading some of the stuff that you're really interested in, I got to start off first. You love cereal. I consider myself a cereal monster and connoisseur. I got to ask you, what are your top three favorite cereals? Did you not did you not check the link? Um, do I have to check the link you right as we start this show and not read the article? <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct my brother. <laughs> Call him ugly next. <laughs> I, I ranked over 60 cereals, dude. Really? Where's this article? Yeah. I mean, look, look, I can drop it in the comments, can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to pull it up as we're doing it. Uh, so the top three, unfortunately, one of them doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so Cinnamon Toast Crunch was inside the top five. The biggest problem with Cinnamon Toast right. Crunch, as you know, it gets soggy pretty fast. They right, came out with Cinnamon true. Toast Crunch churros, and it takes care of that problem. So <laughs> these are, are there three titles in the churros. Are there what in the churros? Are there uh, fish or shrimp tails? That was it. Oh, no. They said that. <laughs> I, know what you're talking talking about. I know what he's talking about. There was the, the, there was the churros where the guy had the shrimp tails in it and inside the box instead. He like poured it out. I don't, I don't, I don't ever believe that stuff. That's All always right. like, oh, look at what I found in my box. Yeah, like, sure. I want to see you open it and then find that in there. All right. So I'm pulling up the article. But anyway, uh, number two is one that a lot of people don't even really know about or eat, but it's the Honeygram O's. It's those 
giant size looking Cheerios with like all that granola goodness in the middle. I like those. those. Are super, yes. So those are super delicious. And then the ones that don't you can't find anymore because they don't make them anymore. They need to. I've been trying to campaign from the comeback. It's Captain Crunch sprinkled donut. They're like I a very yeah, the brief time. It's like the best Captain Crunch. Although I just recently just started, it just came out the Captain Crunch with the chocolate berries. Yeah, are actually pretty good. It's better than I thought it would be. But yeah, here I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the link in here for you so you can check the We're link. Gonna get you a, a general mill sponsorship, man. Well, no. So I was I'm right? gonna have to invite him because our next fantasy foodies were doing an entire box of cereal while we stream in one sitting. <laughs> there you so go. That'd be perfect for him. But you know what's sneaky not- for that? Have you had the um, Crave cereal? It's yeah. good. The crave is good. What but, I'm saying, but that it'd be good for the stream because you don't need milk. Those are almost better just to eat out of the box. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. I'm a, I'm a dry, I'm a dry cereal eater myself. Okay, but yeah, you're a cereal killer. Have you kept up with like yeah. this? There's a cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch. There's sugar cookie toast crunch. That's which, that was that was so disappointing. What you didn't like that? Yeah. No, uh, it's what? just basically sugar cereal. There's no, there's no extra flavor. There's no, you lose the cinnamon flavor, which is most of the goodness of cinnamon toast crunch. Wait, have so, you seen, have you seen the cookies and cream crispies? These are new. No, I have not. I'm gonna have to look for those. So the, I always appreciate when people bring, like, let me know to look out for stuff. I had the Dunkaroos, which were meh. They were kind of okay. They're basically sugar cookie versions of Cookie Crisp, if you remember Cookie Crisp. Yeah, yeah. And then. The cinnamon toast crunch delusia. like it. The best cereal ever. No, it's it's better than the original, but it's not as good as the churros. Oh, I don't. I had the dulce de leche, and that was the best cereal I've ever eaten. You think the churros is better? Yeah, what about uh, the churros. Is, churros. Chocolate. Chur- no. So the chocolate. It, well, I don't think it was chocolate. Was it chocolate churros? There. Well, there's regular. Yeah, you're right. It was. No, that that was that was too much. That their version of chocolate went. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. That's actually even behind the sugar one, the sugar cookie one. Oh, have man. you had the? Have you had the Space Jam one? No. Did they re-release the Space Jam one? <laughs> they did. Yeah. There. There's. A, it's one with LeBron on them, and I was about to buy it, and I actually oh, found wow. a a guy on Instagram that does cereal reviews. And he's like, it's like kicks. He's like, you'd think it'd be blueberry because of the flavoring, but he's like, no, nah, it's just kicks. And just, I've, kicks isn't yeah, I've never good. heard anyone say I'm going out to buy a box of kicks today. Where, yeah, where are you I, at with like the where are you at with like the Fruit Loops and the Pops of the world? So Fruit Loops is somewhere in the middle of uh, I just passed them. Thirty nine. They're tied with Oreo O's okay. for 38 and 39th. Fruit Loops is because the biggest problem is, as you probably know, they're all the same flavor. Like, that's right. Yeah. At least with tricks, it's different flavors. Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. Now I'm wondering, should that's we trust fair. what you're you're telling us? The first thing I read in this article is milk goes first. That's because that's Ooh. the only correct way to do it. Everybody else is wrong. Wow. What? Wow. Read why. It's pouring it splashes everywhere. No, no, no. What, what are you, three? Does it splash everywhere? Who's pouring their cereal from like up here? <laughs> <laughs> cascading waterfall no you put the milk in first because then you control the ratio of the cereal so it never gets soggy even when you're dealing with like fruity pebbles which basically dissolves as soon as it hits the milk you can pour a little bit eat it pour a little bit more eat it and then you, you just you control it so it doesn't sink to the bottom i'm looking so at i always your- thought fruity pebbles would be the easiest to do for the challenge because they get soggy so quick and they just clump together yeah that's why that's why you do milk first it's for all those stupid cereals like that <laughs> This is, I'm giving you, this is all, you really did a nice job putting this together. Looking There's at no like standard were... deviation, so I'm not as impressed. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I have to ask you before we move on. Do you like the Halloween cereals, like the Frankenberry, Count Chocula, Booberry? Like those They're are all there. Yeah. So uh, Booberry and Frankenberry are with Fruity Pebbles and regular Captain Crunch at nine through 12. Count Chocula is at eight by itself. Oh, and then I never... I've been. I was looking for it. Um, they. I know they re-released them last year, but they didn't have them around me. I was. I still haven't tried. Is Yummy Mummies the like the orange sickle type type one? Right. That's an excellent name. I haven't. Don't think I've ever had the Yummy Mummies. I've never seen those. See, I, and that's the like the. Oh no, that's fruit root. Yummy Mummy. So fruity Yummy Mummy is like the fruity one, and then 
Fruit Brute was the one that's uh, those are ones like those are really hard to find. I don't even know if they re-released those. I think they only released the regular three. Wait, did you ever have the cinnamon marshmallow Scooby-Doo cereal back in the day? <laughs> no, I missed that one. I had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal, which tasted like hot garbage. Don't yeah. I, please don't ever have that one. When was that? When were, I've never even that seen was, that. I'm a 90s kid. That That's 90s. That's same, same with us. We're 90s kids. Okay, well, I'm like early 90s. Are you late oh, 90s? Yeah. That, well, that I, was born, I was born 91. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a 90s kid. Like, I was already a kid in the 90s. We, we, just, we, we talked about, who did we talk about this, this with? This was Adam with Adam Azer. He said the babies, same thing. Like, you're, you're born and you're not a kid then. Yeah, you're not kids if you're <laughs> if you're born in the 90s. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm going to definitely take a look. I already, know, I already know you know Super Friends, right? Yeah, of course. Wait, which which the, the uh, show or the group? It's uh the ones of this music. Hold on, where is it? Uh. I play this for a lot of our guests because they think I'm weird because I'm, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Is See, this going to be another Adam Rank podcast where we don't talk about football at all? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk no, about because I don't make the weirdest analogies in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Jordan Howard's like walking your da- dog down the street and you have to bend over and pick up some poop. I love Adam Rank. But like, he just comes out with the most random analogies in the world. Oh, he's, he's hilarious. Uh, no, I, I thought you meant. I, I didn't know if you meant the hip hop group that was around in the '90s. That's when we said that's Super Friends with the Z at the end. By the way, wait, but there's a wow, hip hop group named Super Friends. Knowledge on me right now. Yeah, good group, by the way. Oh well, I have a lot of homework to look up after this episode. <laughs> you do. You know. Uh, you know. I, I kind of want to talk about poker, but I feel like if we do that, we will never talk about football. Well, I, I did want to say <laughs> the last thing before we dive into football. I did listen to the Nick Pollock and Friends podcast because we obviously talk fantasy baseball and basketball. We're a three sport pod. And I heard that you're all in the all in kid because of poker and that you're kind of doing that all in brand. Can you just like speak about that? Cause well, I heard it, but I don't know how much the audience knows it. And I think it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. So the, 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 that's where all in kid came from is when I first started playing poker, <laughs> I think a lot of people do this. I mean, I don't know, maybe I was the weird one, but uh, when you first start playing, hold them, no limit. Like when you're inexperienced, whether or not you're bluffing or you have a big hand, it's just like you go all in because you don't know any better. You just like um, all in. And I was doing it at a bunch during this one tournament. And the friends I had at the time had nicknames for everybody. And I didn't have a nickname yet. So the guy's nickname, who was Don Hohos, because he looked like a Don and he was overweight. So it was <laughs> Don Hohos. Uh, we're sitting there and it was probably like the 15th time I went all in. And he just went, damn, all in, kid. And then. <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck from there. So I uh, kind of came over into the the fancy world because when I started my own blog on Blogspot, by the way, which you can probably still find, um, my biggest thing was like, instead of being like, oh, these are your start sits, I was like, here's your pocket aces. Here's your river call of the week. Here's your, so I, that's how I kind of differentiated myself when I first got in. It was kind of like give everything a poker theme because it's different. Here's your two seven offsuit. You never play this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I was that one one you used in? Uh, in I didn't use that. No, I have, I have buddies. We're actually going to, we did this for the first time since COVID started. We're going to do the UFC fight and poker, which is what we used to do a lot. And a lot of times they'll be like, let's do a, a dollar bet if you do two seven and you go oh, in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the like, only way to do it. Classic. It's the classic. <laughs> like, way. No, I like no because it, doesn't, it wins one out of 100 times. I'm not doing it. I'm not even wasting a dollar. Oh man, I love it. I, again, we I'm sure we could talk about serial. Po- there, I wanted to talk about old school video games, but we'll have to save that for another time. Like we could go in like a old Tony Hawk conversation or anything like that. But uh, we I do have re release one, the Tony you know, Hawk two. You know, get talk about the uh, you know like the original. Uh, we talked about yeah. it, the, the underground was the GameCube. One. I'm thinking uh, two Tony was Hawk cool. one and two. They re released on Xbox and PlayStation and stuff like that. I I downloaded it immediately when it came out. Real? Did it hold just, up? Was it just like you remembered? Oh yeah, it's it's just with updated graphics. It has all the old music. They added some to it, but it's basically the same thing all over again. Oh, man, Which missed... skater do you use? Which skater? Uh, yeah. So this one, you have to like create one this time because I think they got they lost a lot of license for their. If I'm remembering correctly, I used to use uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Um, Jeff Rowley. No, uh, what Suttenberg? What was his last name? Oh, there Rune was Glyphberg. Rune Glyphberg. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what it was. Yeah, Rune. Yeah. Oh, that was my guy. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. That Chad yeah. Muska was the man. You got to use Chad Muska. Did, uh, who did DGK? DGK? Yeah, who did DGK, like the, the clothing line? He was a skater. They used to always use him. 
Oh, now, now you're now you're outside of my world. Don't start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, that's the perfect transition point. We've got the AFC South preview tonight. Our division previews are here, and they're spectacular. Seinfeld reference. We're going to go over all eight divisions. Obviously, we're on our sixth one tonight, the AFC South. We're going to look at rising and falling stars, rookie impacts, players to keep a sharp eye on at the end of your drafts, and much more. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After we'll go to our question of the week. NFL player would be the best detective and as always we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show normally I would have news and notes plugged in here but I'm and then our plug I am going to give the plug now since uh Jake has brought in such nice lively fans here with the serial talk and we've got some <laughs> pro skater talk so if you enjoy all that type of conversation please make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast and if you want to hear more triple play of course we've got the face fantasy baseball and basketball podcasts Anywhere you get your podcasts, we've got the website, tripplayfancy.com. Appreciate all the five-star ratings and reviews. Brad, you guys on the YouTube channel just dropped a movie minutes. What was that about today? It was uh, an animated one, right? Yeah, man. We did uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines for this one. It was a great one. We gave it a four and a half out of five. Okay. I like that. So tons of great stuff like that on the YouTube channel. But remember, if you're looking for a podcast that will leave you more prepared than a kid at a college party with Plan B in their pocket, Look no further than this podcast this right is here. out of control. We got to delete that. You, we might just change your life. You didn't like that? I thought that was pretty no. funny. <laughs> it's a family <laughs> show. That's true, true. I've never met a kid that brings plan B. All right, well, <laughs> if you guys are ready to get another episode finally started, then, man, we are here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! Football music, football action to get our football talk started here. We've got the man, the myth, the, med- the legend, Jake Seeley. we got to talk about quarterbacks in this division first. And we got to start off with Mr. Ryan Tannehill. He was QB7 in points per game. Uh, he was QB7 last year, QB10 in points per game at 29.21.9 points per game. So the interesting stuff on Ryan Tannehill, he became the, start- the Titan starter in week 7 of 2019. And since that time, he's totaled... 575.3 fantasy points, which ranks third among quarterbacks behind only Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Jackson. This despite ranking- Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he's 16th in pass attempts over that time. And he's finished with more fantasy points over that time than Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, this is another cool thing about Ryan Tannehill and why you should put some respect on his name. Since joining the Titans, he also leads the NFL in passer rating, led the NFL in yards per pass attempt, led the NFL in fourth quarter comebacks and game-winning drives, and he's top three in touchdown percentage per pass and top three in completion percentage. Jake, where should we value Ryan Tannehill right now? Because right now he is going as QB 11 consensus. Is that too late to take Ryan Tannehill? I think it's just about it right, honestly. This is uh, a triple Adam Rankin here with this. This is like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. This is just just right. Uh, What it really comes down to is, so I had Tannehill below that before the Julio Jones trade uh, because mostly it's not even, you talk about it's the efficiency of Ryan Tannehill. It's a lot to ask year after year after year to be that efficient for the touchdown side of things. Like we know the touchdowns are kind of, anomalous compared to most teams because they are so efficient and you don't want to take that away from them. But the biggest thing I did take away from it is the seven rushing touchdowns were a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think that you expect Tannehill to do that most years. So even if you drop him down to four, I mean, the simple math right there, you're already like dropping down three or four spots at quarterback because they're more valuable than the passing touchdowns. So I had him about, I want to say before the Julio Jones trade, he was about QB 14 or 15, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then I'm still finishing up my projections for our draft kit launches next week. Um, and I think I, I, when I first looked, he was right around QB 11 or 12. So that that's right around where he should be. Uh, he's in that conversation of like the Tom Brady's where he runs a little bit more than him, but he doesn't run as much as like the other guys, like a Hertz that's in that range. So it's kind of pick your poison there. Um, the big, like I said, the biggest downside is my biggest concern 
is if he does throw a little bit more and it is just Derrick Henry and he doesn't call his own number. What if he drops down to like two rushing touchdowns? It, it, I don't want to expect that, but you know, now you're talking about a 30 point drop and he needs to make it up in the passing game. Does any part of you think that with Derrick Henry and, you know, we'll get to him in a little bit with him upping his carries each year. And with the fact that now they have an increased, uh, they have a better passing game overall, maybe want to take some wear and tear off the tires with 17 games that there's a chance he might increase the passing volume this year. Mm, slightly, but not much that I'm concerned about it. This is also Derek Henry's only done it for two years and it wasn't 370 carries two years in a row. It was one, it was 300 years or 300 the year before. And then the two years that he started in the league were not that much. Like for all we, you said, we're going to talk about in a second. I'm just pulling this conversation because you Go just ahead, touched yeah. the nerve. I'm so tired of the, aren't you scared of Derek Henry? No, I'm not, not one lick because it's two years. It's not five, four years of running 350 times. He doesn't have bone on bone like Todd Gurley. And you know what? The dude is 6'4", 260. He is a freak of nature. If he gets hurt, it's going to be a freak injury. It's not going to because Derrick Henry wore down. So maybe they give him 350 carries with the extra game. So that's still a decrease. But I am not concerned about Derrick Henry at all. He's in the top four for me. Have you ever seen his, uh, his game logs for like his high school? He was getting like 400 carries a year. He's been he's been a tank for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever seen Jadavian Clowney's running games? Like when he was actually at running back in high school? He was like running over like children. And he broke down, man. It's a lot of carries. I don't care what level. He's eventually the body's gonna catch up to him, man. He's a beast and he's managed to stay healthy this entire time. But I I don't know. If There's you guys a little want to something... schedule a podcast for 2023 and redo this, then I'll be a little bit more concerned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, well, I mean, it's interesting. His yards has gone up by at least 250 yards every season he's been in the league. And yeah, I mean, he also has a new offensive coordinator too. Uh, so I'm kind of curious with that scheme will change at all for him too. Like, you know, do you need, is the offensive coordinator going to fit what he likes to do? It's like, they're not going to, here's the thing is offensive coordinators, teams, coaches, they all have tendencies. Uh, a perfect example of where tendencies break to your talent is we talked about Andy Reid last year and like, oh, he always wants to go with his guy. Well, like things didn't make sense. and didn't break for him last year because he's trying to make things work. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire didn't get off to a great start better than he finished this season. And now Barkley, as you can hear, is playing with a toy because she knows I'm on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> things change with the system of who you have. Like for the longest time is Doug Peterson loves a committee and then two years ago when miles sanders had his really good season it was like it went out the window is mostly miles sanders so it will change i i'll tell you right now in my projections i have derrick henry for 330 over 17 games so that's a 40 carry discount but at the same time he's still he's realistic four. yeah yeah no uh no love for the fantasy football heartthrob darrington evans who started listening to people's content that's another one can we stop with this the only thing that's been tried more than to make chris herndon a thing has been trying to make the compliment (laughs) to derrick henry a thing can we can we like how many years are we talking about he could be the jerry mcnichols who else do we want to throw back there like no they brought in brian hill like every year we're trying to make somebody a compliment to derrick henry it doesn't matter Alexander we Madison to Dalvin Cook is a close second. Yeah. Uh, what, what if Bishop Sankey came back? I think he'd be a good handcuff. Yeah, yeah. People should remember that. that was a big mistake. I'm thinking he was going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's stay with the Titans. Let's finish out the Titans then. Let's talk about A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Anthony Ferkser, who A.J. Brown, wide receiver 12, 17.7 points per game. Julio Jones was wide receiver 52 at 16.2 points per game. Obviously, uh, the injuries played a big part into that. But I- I'm curious. I had A.J. Brown as the wide receiver one in redraft before Julio got there. Obviously, I bumped him down now. I think I have him around like wide receiver six, wide receiver seven. Julio Jones obviously still has a lot there. Uh, they're going to be in a run-first offense. But where do you see both these wide receivers finishing? Is there any value for Anthony Ferkser anymore, Jake? Nope. Just like there was never value for John Smith. I had this argument at length with uh, Brandon Fonston, who was on our podcast last year. I said, I have zero interest in John Smith. He's like, oh, but John Smith was like, okay, you tell me the six good games John is going to have, because that's what it is. I don't care who the number three is. I don't. The number three is irrelevant in this offense, and it's Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I had A.J. Brown fourth before this. I think he dropped to eight or nine. Julio Jones basically stayed about the same, somewhere 16, 17, 18 for me. More efficient. 
lower volume, so it'll offset. That's why Julio Jones didn't really tra- change for me. Ferkser was the big drop, and then the biggest, biggest drop, it was a real like shot to my heart because I had him in so many leagues already, was Josh Reynolds because Josh Reynolds was mm-hmm. going to be the number two. And yeah. now he's completely out the window. So again, because he's the third wide receiver, not even the third option who should be Ferkser at this point. But no, I have no, I have no interest at Ferkser at this point anymore. Yeah. Again, two probably relevant pass catchers. Like you saw Corey Davis and AJ Brown last year. And then you got obviously Derrick Henry, who I don't know if he'll see an increase in targets. I still feel like that he, you can't really count on him for that. Even this though he's being annoying. Sorry. Yeah. Friendly podcast. <laughs> What breed is uh, he, she? She is a pit mix. I don't know what she's mixed with because the mom was a rescue off the no. street, huh. pregnant. So she's mixed with some. Come here, Barkley. You can see the ears. Come here. Come here. <laughs> you can see how the ears aren't like full pit. Like they stay. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah. Is, she, uh, is she named after Saquon? Yep. Not Charles. There Saquon. <laughs> what about Matt? Are we just going to disrespect him? <laughs> she she does like smelling butts at least <laughs> ah, there you go that's hilarious uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's go to the houston texans i, I want to go Do talk about to? a good team to a, a to garbage team obviously i think they're the heavy betting favorites for the number one pick you have who knows yeah. a quarterback is it deshaun watson is it tyrod taylor yeah. is it davis mills brad you had tyrod taylor is your darling he you uh you had him as a, a three, wasn't he? A, did you have him at number ten in quarterbacks last year? I last year I was a little bit hot takey. I had him at QB ten. Um, obviously, that didn't pan out. You know, I I can't foresee a scenario in which Deshaun Watson plays this year. I'll be absolutely shocked. So I didn't even put him in my rankings. Um, I have Tara Taylor or Tarad, as I, sh- I should call him. I have him at a QB twenty five this year. <laughs> right. I have him at a QB twenty five this year. And that's pretty much projecting almost like entirely garbage time touchdowns. And essentially, you know, he's going to be like 3,400 yards this year. I'm I'm expecting like the same game manager he's always been. But to me, he just has no weapons. And with that, it's hard for me to to put him above really anybody. So he was my darling last year. It didn't work out for him. He's had a lot of bad luck. I kind of liken him to a Ryan Fitzpatrick where, you know, he's he's kind of always been the bridge quarterback. You know, he was the bridge for Baker Mayfield. He was the bridge for Justin Herbert. And now he's going to be the bridge for whoever it is next year. So he's in a tough spot. He was the bridge for uh, Josh Allen and he took the bills to the playoffs. That's That's true. That's true. That's right. Look at all these quarterbacks that have been good after him. So maybe we should bump Davis Mills up our ranking some with the I was like, Jake's like, no, you don't believe no. in either of them. Definitely not. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Where do you have uh, Jake? To make it. Jake, where do you have? Uh, where do you have Tyrod? Uh, he's down in the way in the twenties, mostly because he he would move up from there. Uh, but I have, right. I, I I don't know how to play it, so I put ten game suspension for Deshaun Watson, like thinking and something gets resolved or maybe they, you know because he's gonna have to be put on the exempt list because the he doesn't get arraigned or not arraigned uh i forget what the word is deep uh deposed uh until february so it's not going to be resolved in season so the nfl is going to have to make their decision i could see it be like what you said i could see him not playing at all this year and the nfl is just like we're not playing until we figure this out but so for now i just have him at seven games i have 10 being suspended and then tyrod for the rest with actually davis milk is getting like three percent of the snaps um but that has tyrod just almost irrelevant uh if he did play even 15 of the 17 games, I think he'd be around QB probably 20, 21, somewhere around there. He still yeah. has a little bit of rushing upside. So I let's, uh, I feel like most people aren't going to be drafting these guys. Let's talk about who the heck we're trying to draft out of this next group. You got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead. I think Dontrell Hillard is their fifth string running back. Or do they still have Alfred Blue? Can we make yeah, Alfred uh, Blue? Buddy Howell. Oh my God. They kept trying to make him happen. Uh, David Johnson was RB 21 around 15 points per game. Rex Burkhead was RB 44. Philip Lindsay was RB 66. Mark Ingram was RB 77. Uh, obviously a lot of those guys missed some time. Johnson did look better than expected in 2020. He had over a thousand total yards and eight touchdowns in 12 games, but 
Philip Lindsay, since the start of the 2018 season, ranks 10th in rushing yards amongst running backs. He's also averaging 4.78 yards per carry during that time. Rex Burkhead always just goes in there and ends up resting up whatever you want to happen in that backfield. I'm curious, Brad, and then I'll go back to you, Jake. Do you have anybody, I guess David Johnson potentially, but maybe besides him, is there anybody worth rostering in this backfield? You know, uh, worth rostering is is an interesting choice of words. I, you know, I, it depends how you get them. If I can pick, you know, Philip Lindsay off the waiver wire, sure. If I can pick a, a David Johnson off the waiver wire, sure, because it's not like they're dead. You know, they can always provide flashes of of who we we once know them to be. But to bet on them to draft them is not something I would do. I have um, where I have David Johnson. I have him in the. Here he is. I have David Johnson at 36, RB 36, and then I have um, Philip Lindsay in the 40s. So it's it's going to be a timeshare. I don't expect either of them to to provide value unless you need them as like a, a waiver wire pickup. Okay, fair enough. So you will not be drafting any Texans running backs. Jake, are you staying away no. from this backfield? Is there somebody you like? No, so that's why I reached behind me because I was going to say if you can Voltron them together. Then you got me interested. Now we're talking with RB1. Uh, look, if you could get David Johnson in the sixth, seventh round, that's not the worst scenario, but that's what we're talking about here. You're talking a flex option. That's what you want. Yeah. And it, anything more than that. So if David Johnson's going higher than that, then yeah, just wait and get Philip Lindsay later. It's, it's basically what's the most reasonable cost for hoping to get any type of value out of this backfield, which shouldn't be a lot because should be passing a decent amount and who knows how good that success should be because who knows what the quarterback should be. So yeah, not a lot of interest there. So and would you say David Johnson, would you say like David Johnson's like the golden grams of running backs? Like he's kind of in Yeah, that, that's a good one. Oh, Parker just <laughs> okay. grabbed Batman. <laughs> future, future, future pod where we compare fantasy football play or football players so to cereals. <laughs> oh, it's a cereals. I thought you were going to say Funkos. We could have done that too. Um, Got to get Adam Rank on for that too. Oh my God, we won't get over anything if if that happens. But uh, (laughs) let's go to the wide receivers and let's talk about, there's one obviously that everybody recognizes, Brandon Cooks leading the way. He's there for now. Then you got Nico Collins, Kiki QT, Chris Conley, and Jordan Aikens at tight end. Brandon Cooks was wide receiver 17, around 15 and a half points a game. Currently going as wide receiver 36. He's right now looks like he's the one, two, and three option on this team. Is there anybody outside Brandon Cooks that you're, intrigued of maybe grabbing at the end of your draft and are you even tempted to grab Brandon Cooks at all knowing that he's going to get probably double covered on this team with no other weapons in that offense what do you think Brad yeah you you took the words right out of my mouth I I literally have him at wide receiver 36 and to your point he is going to get double covered right like there's there's no running game to be scared of they're going to be you know positive passing game scripts which is good but Who's going to be throwing to him? Tyrod isn't exactly known for his deep balls, right? Like he's a game manager. So um, to me, Brandon Cooks is best utilized when, you know, he's he's either going deep or, you know, you're catching him on little slants. So if you're in a PPR league, he might be worth it in, you know, sixth, seven, eighth round. Otherwise, I'm not really – he's not somebody I'm checking for. Jake, how are we feeling about this group? Uh, Cooks a little bit higher just because of the volume. I mean, uh, we could be looking at a situation where he starts creaking, creeping into the top five for a target share for his team. And if that's the case, it's not going to be the prettiest. I don't disagree with Brad at all. It's supposed to be some ugly passes. But, you know, there's a there's a fact of volume here. And Allen Robinson, for the longest time, has played with crap quarterbacks. And the volume all says it. Now, I would take Allen Robinson as a better talent every single week. But uh, Brandon Cook should still, I would say that, you know, worst case scenario, he's walking into 120 targets this year. 120 targets, even, you know, half of them catchable. So a little bit higher. Again, the gap, we know wide receiver, the gap from wide receiver 25 to 40 is going to be slim as it is every single year. After that, you know, Randall Cobb, I think, would be the second most value. But once you get to that point, and I say this is one of the things I've preached my entire career is once you get to bench spots, Stop with, oh, I could use this guy during your buy. You can use a million guys in the waiver wire during your buy. You don't want buy week guys. You want somebody who could break out and potentially be top 25. So I would just rather wait towards the end of the draft and grab Nico Collins. Also, there's a a verifiable injury risk with Brandon Cooks, right? Like you kind of have to discount that into it too. 
Yeah, he's had a lot of concussions, and you got to think if he gets another one, he's going to probably be out for three, four games just from the nature right. of how bad they've been. Uh, I think Barkley probably agrees with us too. So yeah, I'm about to put her on a leaf because she's she's doing this on purpose. I think. No, no, let her let her roam, let her roam, let her do her thing. <laughs> no, I'm tired of listening to the squeaky toy. You know, you barely hear it. It's like loud in my ear. That's why we, uh, my dog, we always just give him hard toys, like because he always destroys the squeaky toys. I don't know if Barkley's like destructive like that, but uh, every once in a while she likes to gut out the stuffing, like murder the toy. So she'll do that sometimes. <laughs> Well, let's talk about somebody who uh, has been taking the stuffing out of everybody's fantasy team the last couple of years. That's Carson Wentz, who was QB 22 last year, just under 18 points a game. He's now in Indianapolis, reunited with former offensive coordinator Frank Reich. When uh, they weren't passing or when they weren't paired together, he's been awful. But last time they've been together, he had an MVP pace and was putting up fantastic numbers. Now, Carson Wentz has one of the best offensive lines, and when he's not facing pressure, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He right now is going QB 21 consensus. Jake, do you think this is the time that Carson Wentz bounces back to where he's going to be way over QB 21? No, I wouldn't say way over. Uh, even that one pace for that one year, uh, it still was, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's the next great top five quarterback. <laughs> he was still kind of out of that conversation, even best case scenario. So, yeah, he looked great, obviously, playing behind the Eagles offensive line. I I've made apologies for their receivers on this team. I made apologies for Jalen Rager last year as being thrown into a rookie situation that he shouldn't have been in. He shouldn't have been the number one playing outside and playing with that attention. And then again, the offensive line, which was on the third string. So I will make apologies. But at the same time, uh, Carson Wentz hasn't shown a lot, even with the excuses. So I do think he'll be in my bounce backs. But you say much higher. Uh, with how many quarterbacks are running these days, and I mean, I'm talking when you say running 500 plus rushing yards, I'd say maybe top 15. So, you know, a six spot jump. I, I don't know if I can get him back at the QB one territory, even with this team, because it's going to be not run heavy, but it'll be run balanced, especially with like how good Jonathan Taylor is. So we're in the middle of, of Scott Fish Bowl drafts right now. Uh, People obviously are, are jumping to take their second quarterbacks. People like Derek Carr are going like fourth, fifth round, Baker Mayfield, these guys that have been very average. Are you comfortable with taking Carson Wentz as your QB2 in that format? No. 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 I, already, I already have my QB2 at that point. Actually, if you want to talk Scott Fishbowl, I went Hurtsboro. So I was Ooh. well out of the conversation. I was done by the time we rolled around to that. Take and you know what, David? It's like you jinxed me because somebody took Carson Wentz in the fifth round just now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's early for him. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at him at the QB2, and I wouldn't get him that early. I um, thought I could get him in a couple rounds. As my <laughs> there you go. I'm so, not sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get Baker Mayfield or something because I've gone four running backs and a tight end in my first five rounds. Yeah, I think you're the one of the only people that hasn't taken hasn't a quarterback, quarterback yet. yet. So. Yeah. You're, you're going yeah. bold. I like it. Um, but I, I, enjoy your Taysom Hill and Cam Newton stack there. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not happening to me. I, I was oh, going to say, I actually think Wentz is going to bounce back pretty well this year. I know he throws a lot of interceptions. I look at the improved offensive line. I think there's going to be some consistency there. I mean, Phil Rivers threw for 4,100-plus yards and 24 touchdowns last year. I'd like to think at this point in his career, Carson Wentz has a little more upside than that. He had 276 rushing yards in 12 games. Phillip Rivers had negative eight, so I think that offensive line is really going to improve. And I think for Wentz, he really wants to show people that they were wrong about him. He's, I'd love him as my QB, too. I think I have him right outside my QB1 in that 13-14 range. Okay, I like that. So I want to stay with narrative you. projection. I like that. Yeah, I want to stay with you, Doc. Then I want to hear your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor, who was RB6 at 16.9 PPR points per game last year. Marlon Mack went down. Week one, I think everybody expected the breakout was going to come right then and there, but it didn't. And instead, he was incredibly frustrating, and it felt like he just wasn't reading holes correctly. He was leaving a lot of yards on the table. But if you stuck with him, you re he rewarded you down the stretch. During the last six games, when he played soft run defenses that propelled him enough to finish as the RB6, that's pretty much kind of when he started really breaking out. But you have Naheem Hines who was actually RB15 in PPR last year. So he's seems like he's there and he's not going to be going away. Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins probably will get a couple carries here and there. So I'm curious, Doc. He's right now going as RB5. Do you have him higher or lower than that? Uh, in redraft, I would probably have him as my RB1 or 2. 
I'm oh, very big on him this year. In the last six games, so he had a seven carry for 12 yards at Tennessee. The rest of the season, he had 119 for 741 and seven touchdowns, 6.22 yards per carry. Caught 16 balls for 121 yards and one touchdown. Is really the passing down back. He had 63 targets, most on the team, behind T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal. So I'm more worried about what he might do to the other pass catchers. But I think in terms of the running back, like obviously he's not going to be a Derrick Henry where he gets 95% of the carries. But I do think he's going to be one of those traditional bell cow running backs that we see. Jake, RB1 is is a, a bold statement to say. Do you have him in your top three in redraft PPR? No. No, and I, I love Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you can look back last year when I had him in my tier one of running backs coming out of the NFL draft. There was only three. It was him, Dobbins, and Swift. So I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I think people uh, overrated the fact of coming from the Big Ten. Oh, I can't pass catch and just assume that about him. My biggest issue is just Naeem Hines isn't going to go away. I have no concerns about Marlon Mack or anybody else. This is Jonathan Taylor's backfield, but it's also Naeem Hines in the passing game, and that's my biggest concern is you're just not to to say one, you need to get 70 receptions, and that's just not happening for me. So uh, if Barkley is healthy, which is a huge question mark, there's already been rumors whether or not he's going to start off slow and not be ready to roll until week three or four, 100% of his touches. But, you know, you you, you got to get to Dalvin Cook. You got to get past a healthy Barkley. You got to get past Derrick Henry, whose volume is just immense, especially in the touchdown department. The way he gets there, runs for 15 touchdowns. Is that doable? Absolutely. I think he could do that. But I think it's he's going to have to run for a very high number of touchdowns to get there. Jake, I haven't heard you had, say any optimism. You don't like Carson Wentz. You don't like anyone <laughs> on the Texans, understandably. You don't like no, Jonathan Taylor. about the wide receivers. Why would you like the wide receivers out of all positions on the Colts? Well, foreshadowing. Well, let's, let's because they're dirt cheap. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell. You also have Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox competing at tight end. All were after wide receiver 40 in 2020. But T.Y. Hilton finished the season strong over the last six games, had 27 catches, 435 yards, and five touchdowns. So there's maybe some optimism. He was wide receiver eight over in that time. Michael Pittman was a huge disappointment, but he's projected to be the alpha. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz likes throwing at his tight end, so you'd expect Doyle or Cox to be the guy. Jake, at this group, is who do you like the most out of these guys? I, I love the price on Pittman and Paris Campbell. Uh, people have quickly forgotten how good Paris Campbell is because he's been hurt. Now, of course, is he 100% of what we've ever seen? No, but is he the prototypical what you want from a slot wide receiver in today's NFL? 100%. And if he can provide that here, uh, Pittman and Campbell, and that resurgence we saw from T.Y. Hilton late last year with lesser quarterback play, mind you, uh, they, they realized T.Y. Hilton's not exactly T.Y. Hilton from two years ago, and they started moving him around and using him a little bit differently, which is what helped them show up again at the end of the year. So I think that all things being considered, you could see these, these three wide receivers be kind of a similar Carolina Panthers of next year. Like this Carolina Panthers, all of them finished inside the top 35, so maybe they all finish inside the top 40, 45 to a little lesser degree because there are so many tight ends. And you left out Jordan Thomas, who they've run into. They mm -hmm. drafted Kyle Granson. So that's an, this is why I don't want any of those tight ends because it's just going to be like the Houston backfield. There's, there's never going to be any consistency there. I, I could see yeah, it. It's definitely tough, and I think people are going to be tantalized or, or want to take the tight end, because again, Carson Wentz and his tight ends in the past that they'll reach maybe hoping at the end of their draft that they'll be able to get the tight end. But oh yeah, I have a world. thousand, I have over a thousand yards going to the tight end position. I don't have anybody going over three sixty for one of the tight ends though. Oh, so you don't oh, think yeah. you don't think any of them kind of breaks out at some point? No. Okay. Doyle, Cox, in order, Thomas and Granson, but I have Thomas getting 13, 14 catches. Granson getting seventeen. They'll get mixed in. It's just. That's what they'll do. Doc, Unless somebody gets hurt. I mean, but, you know, I'm not going to bank on that. Right. Doc, do you feel any differently about the pass catchers? Are you optimistic about someone breaking out? Or do you, do you feel like, Jake, that they're all three going to eat? Um, I definitely like Pittman taking a step forward. He had, I think it was like a blood clot in his leg or something. And he only missed a couple games for that. So I think, once again, our expectations for rookies are heightened, I think, because of what we saw Burrow do pre-injury and what Herbert did, we have to realize, you know, they need to get reps with their quarterbacks. Philip Rivers kind of has a noodle arm like we saw last year. 
Um, you know, let them get a full off season with Carson Wentz. I don't think they're all three going to eat because I think they're all three going to get hurt as, at a certain point, especially T.Y. Hilton. I like Mo Ali Cox. He's an athletic tight end, played basketball in college at VCU. How many times, I think you hear that every time they're on TV. <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, now we have to say it on podcast. So there you go. That that's just kind of my dart throw. I always have a dart throw at tight end. Last year was Johnu Smith. This year it's Mo Ali Cox. So we'll see. All right, let's finish up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the upstart exciting Jacksonville Jaguars with their new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who's going QB 14 off the board right now in redraft. Uh, Jake, I'm interested in your thoughts. Trevor Lawrence, is he finished as a QB one this year? They expect him to have some kind of rushing upside with 343 projected rushing yards, according to fantasy pros. What do you think? Uh, yes, because if Justin Herbert could just do it last year, Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback. I know everybody's like, well, Justin Herbert's proved it, but Trevor Lawrence, when people say generational, we all roll our eyes, and, and yeah, I I hate it as much as everybody else. But sometimes it's true. Very rarely it's true, but sometimes it's true. For the people who said Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback since Andrew Luck, since Peyton Manning, they're not wrong. If Trevor Lawrence bombs in the NFL, something went wrong with the world. Like This is alternate universe, whatever, 562 in the Marvel was cinematic, whatever you want to do. So like this is not right. Trevor Lawrence should be great in the NFL. He is that good of a quarterback. This team is going to pass plenty. I have him going for 630 pass attempts. I'm looking at him right now, which gets him over 4,600 yards, gets him close to 30 touchdowns. He's going to run as well. And Justin Herbert was actually boosted a little bit like Tannehill with the rushing touchdowns, which, again, a little bit volatile when you're not running five, 600 yards. And you talk about weapons. I mean, not only do they already have Chark and Chenault, and you can argue that Colin Johnson was going to potentially take a step forward. He's now buried because they brought in Marvin Jones. They drafted ETN to complement with James Robinson, which I don't get the hate of. Whoa, he's lining that wide receiver. Okay, manufacture touches for the guy. Why is that a bad thing all of a sudden? We want Le'Veon Bell to line up at wide receiver. We want David Johnson to line up at wide receiver. We want Alvin Kamara to wide up wide receiver. Then a, Travis Etienne's a wide receiver. What the hell is going on? No, it's a good <laughs> thing. So I, I'm looking at, yeah, I am all over Trevor Lawrence. I actually think I have him at QB 11 or 12. He's right there with Tannehill. So wait, so Jake, you're the GM of the los angeles chargers ring 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 hi i would like to offer you trevor lawrence for your justin herbert what done. do you say done. done i'll come pick him up now <laughs> so you're not How would that ever happened dude that's not a realistic trade scenario no, i mean people i had heard it floated around they said would you take the proven commodity and, and jay kind of even just hired, would you take the proven commodity you know what he is justin herbert looks like a franchise superstar but then there's still the mystery of trevor well, lawrence there's i know we're not I talking that proven, division proven commodity after 14 games i love it yeah. well so here's the thing too and we're not talking herbert but we, we might as well for this conversation for this point is herbert's last couple games of the season wasn't the Herbert we saw for the first 10, 11 and NFL defenses started to adjust to him. And they started finding where they can put him into, you know, questionable situations, kind of trick him, get him to make some poor throws still played pretty good. But I bring that up to say, Justin Herbert, I don't think this is going to happen, but similar to Jared Goff, where the NFL figured out, Hey, let's wait to disguise our defense until the headset clicks off and Sean McVay can't tell him what's coming. And all of a sudden Jared Goff sucks. Now, I don't think Jared, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to suck. I just think it's now on Justin Herbert to adjust back to the league because if you take the final five or six games of Herbert, it's not the full season Herbert everybody remembers. No, I, I agree. I actually have him as QB 11 this year. And I, I like wrote up on Twitter. I said, you know, he has a, a better line. People are saying, oh, he's going to get better in year two. But then you also have the fact that they're probably going to run the ball more. NFL defenses can adjust a little bit more. And he also downgraded at tight end now with Jared Cook there instead of Hunter Henry. I mean, like there's and he's a defensive minded head coach, too. Now it's like it's a very much a, and a, probably a better defense that's going to hold teams to lower scoring. So I, I don't disagree with there, you there at all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you're not six, seven. You're not even going to mention Donald Parham. What disrespect? Well, we're not talking about the Chargers. Yeah, right that's now, because so. they got Jared Cook now. They got the most awful tight end of all time. Yeah, he's hopefully not going to cook too much stuff up there. Uh, let's talk about the running game. You already mentioned it. They're splitting out. Travis Etienne out wide. People are freaking out. And James Robinson is still there. Of course, the ghost of Carlos Hyde is there as well. I'm curious, 
James Robbins, when you're looking to draft the Jags back, are, do you think that they're going to eat into each other so much that neither of them are going to be worth where they're drafting, getting drafted right now? No, Jake? because let's look at the Cleveland Browns. Everybody forgets that that's a thing. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be the Cleveland Browns. I'm not saying they're going to have two top 15 running backs. But you have ETN, who's a lesser version of Kamara, but you have James Robinson, who's a better version of Latavius Murray, where, you know, if you do the Camara and you back him up with Latavius Murray, you have one running back because you're not starting Latavius Murray. You're just hoping for your value that if you have Camara get hurt, that you have Murray. Or if you just drafted Murray and didn't draft Camara, you're just hoping Camara gets hurt. With James Robinson, you're still going to be able to get flex value out of him. So that's where it's better is that. I think ETN, if you look at what Edwards Alaire did last year with more consistency across the season, as in like an RB 15 to 18 range, that's what you should expect from ETN as being a reasonable expectation. But James Robinson should hold around RB 25 to 30, and that'll give you a usable flex. I'd rather take James Robinson to David Johnson. I agree. <laughs> if you, uh, I would too. Yeah. If you had to choose between a handcuff, if you had to choose between ETN and Robinson or Dobbins and Edwards, what would you do? Mm, Dobbins and Edwards, but that's because I have Dobbins inside my RB1 territory. <laughs> right. Okay. I like that's it. what I thought um, too. Like I because I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that James Robinson is actually gonna be the long-term RB1 there. Like, so I, I'm kind of worried about if they're going to cannibalize each other's carries and who's going to be, who's going to get the touches uh, uh, in the passing game. Like, I, I just don't know what's going to happen there. And it kind of scares me away. So before we move to the last part, the wide receivers, Jake, what do you think? Would you rather have David Montgomery in the fourth or James Robinson in the fifth or sixth in a keeper league? I mean, that's just, I, I did that noise because that's just, that's reasonable value for both. I would just go with Montgomery, even though I'm off Montgomery this year because another people forgot because he missed most of the season. People forgot that how good and how dangerous Tariq Cohen is in the passing game and that David Montgomery, what we want volume at running back kudos on him. That's why David Montgomery was a great buy all the season long. I'm sure you guys said the same thing. It was like buy David Montgomery, two reasons, volume, volume, volume. So that's mm -hmm. like a lot in one reason. But then we all saw the schedule coming. We all saw bottom seven run defenses in five consecutive games to finish out the year because they faced the Packers twice. We saw it coming. So that's just not going to repeat this year. But still in the fourth round, just because I know he's the lead versus James Robinson's situation being up in the air, that's I would lean Montgomery. But fourth round's the price you should pay anyway. I agree. I think Montgomery's the answer there. Let's move to the last part. Let's talk about the wide receivers. And real quick, Jake, I don't think I've ever remembered, at least in recent memory, trying to figure out a number one between three guys right now, like at least to this magnitude with LaVisca Chenault and you have DJ Chark and you have Marvin Jones. They all three, I think, could be ballers with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious if what the order you have them in. You have the Chenault hype train taking it to new levels. He's getting being like a fifth round pick now. I've seen it, you know. Uh, do you think Marvin Jones does what he does and ends up just showing up at the end of the year as being a top 20 wide receiver yet again? TJ Chark only showed it a little bit. What do you think about these three? Yeah, so I go Chark, Jones, Chenault, and I think the Chenault's getting out of hand. I made a joke and even said it's going to be first rounder by the time we get to August. I mean, hell, it's <laughs> true. Like, I will say, Chenault has enviable, enviable NFL traits, and for his success, I hope I'm wrong, but if I go Chark versus Chenault, uh, people can go back and see what I said. This this isn't like I'm not just making this up in hindsight. When Chark was drafted, I had him in a ton of keeper and dynasty leagues because I looked at that roster and I said, of all these wide receivers who has NFL number one wide receiver, like there's a difference between being a fan. You can be a fantasy number one wide receiver, but not be an NFL number wide wide receiver because being that number one means you can handle double coverage. You can handle their top corners. You can handle all the routes they want to ask you to run and not be limited in that fashion. And I said, Chark has that. He needs to grow into it, but he started to grow into it with Gardner Minshew two years ago. And then last year just went out the window with everything going at quarterback. I still say Chark has a leg up. It's a small leg up on Chenault. And if so, that puts Chenault three because you bring in Marvin Jones and Marvin Jones is the most disrespected wide receiver in the NFL for the last three or four years. Uh, Marvin Jones is going to step in as the two. I love Chenault's talent, but I would have loved Chenault a hell of a lot more, and I would have had Chark and Chenault inside my top 20 before they added Marvin Jones. The Marvin Jones situation just kind of killed it for me. Are you worried that Marvin Jones isn't going to go against the Vikings this year, though? 
No, <laughs> uh, we're going to play into this. Everybody always remembers narratives when they happen. They were never remember when they don't happen. Uh, but uh, this is to go back to the Carolina Panthers. Again, I, I know I just brought them up earlier, but I think those three could be very much Carolina Panthers. Like is that there's a very small gap between the three of them. You probably get the most consistency out of Marvin Jones would be my guess, but you have the higher ceiling with Chanel and Chark. And I don't mind any of them, but the pr- problem with that is, is Chanel's now going in front of Chark. That's insane to me. So if you're going to put him up that high, I'm not taking him. If he was number three, I would take him. If he's number two, I'd probably take him. But just give me whoever's the cheapest at this point. Yeah, I mean, again, DJ Chark, or I'm sorry, uh, LaVisca Chenault seems like the one that's getting inflated the most. So if he goes up two or three rounds ahead of the other guys, I can completely understand going like that route. He carries out of the backfield like he's going to run for 700 yards. Oh, it's Robert <laughs> Woods. He's probably going to run for 150 and one or two touchdowns. It's not that big of a thing that he's going to get some carries out of the backfield. I mean, I don't know if you've seen those calves. It looks like he could handle a good amount of carries if you gave them to him. So maybe well, we're going to do it. We're going to run through like, we'll talk Mike Davis's thighs. And yeah. who else do we have to do? <laughs> AJ Dillon's thighs. Yeah. <laughs> well, thick thighs save lives. But um, yeah, so great wrap up with the AFC South. We are going to move quickly now to our question of the week. Got to throw back some old school video games there. Uh, our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is now an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use that code. And if you're looking to win some cash, these two boys on the right side of my screen usually are supposed to be doing weekend shows that uh, they have not been doing. So hopefully at some point they're going to. David, come I back. don't have a place to live right now. Okay. Cut me some <laughs> slack. <laughs> that's fair that's fair uh they will be back with them very shortly and they usually are about 10 to 15 minute shows of the gaming landscape with their locks to help you win some money so keep an eye out for those uh but our question this week is which nfl player would be the best detective so very interesting question there's probably layers like an onion to this jake what do you think who's your guy oh this was actually easy for me <laughs> really <laughs> yeah because it's Tom Brady, and there's not this this is this there's no other discussion here because he's super intelligent. He picks apart everything he sees and knows what everybody's doing before they even know what they're doing. But this is what this is what gives Brady the edge is no matter how much you can hate him if you hate him and you hate his success and you hate the team he play, no matter how much, he's so freaking disarming and amazing at everything that he would get you to talk without even realizing. Like before you knew it you'd just be spilling the beans to Tom Brady because he's just damn cool Tom Brady. As much as you want to hate him, you can't deny. Uh, you watched the golf tournament today. I had that on the TV on the side. It's just He's Tom effing Brady, dude. Like He knows everything, and he could, like if he doesn't, he's going to get it out of you anyway. Tom, okay, so Tom Brady's the way to go. I feel like Brad and Eric, you guys are definitely going other places with this, but you have to explain why. So, Eric, what about you? What do you got? Well, I'm going Aaron Rodgers for a lot of the reasons that Jake said Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is just good at everything. Like he's a great football player. He's really smart on Jeopardy. He's a great Jeopardy host. He's dated a lot likable. (laughs) Oh, he's like, you don't have to be likable to be a detective. Do you think people like detectives? No, they're scared and intimidated now. That little extra. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Now, now he's starting to do some cryptic, some cryptic stuff. You know, now when he's talking, it sounds like he has a little bit of an edge. Um, you know, some, and he has all these wise quotes too. Sometimes the loudest person isn't always the smartest. Like, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers could play some psychology games and get you to open up about your entire life. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gave me like Robert Downey Jr. Jo- vibes. And didn't Robert Downey Jr. play Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so that's good. I could see. I could Robert, see. Robert like- Downey Jr. is likable. <laughs> nobody's gonna talk to Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna talk to you. And you're like, shut the hell up, dude. That's, that's true. Uh, Brad, who is your pick? I'm going Jameis Winston, man. He's got those big bulging eyes. He's always looking around. He got those fixes. He's he's always thinking outside of the box. He's got those weird drills he's doing. He's going to be one step ahead of you. I'm going Jameis, man. Jameis Winston as a detective. I don't think I'm hiring him. Quarterbacks. No, he's just distracting with some crabs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Eating W's. Oh, that'd be great. All right. Well, let's move to the last segment of the night, and that's going to be our game of the week. All right, Doc, you are hosting the game this week. What are we playing? 
So we played this a couple weeks ago, and it's guessing players' career high in fantasy. Um, just for timing reasons, we're only going to do six, and but I do have a seventh as a tiebreaker. So, Jake, how we play is I'm going to give you a player, and you just have to guess their career high. It is PPR scoring. Obviously, doesn't matter for quarterbacks. The closest person gets one, and if you get it on the money, it's two. Okay. Let's rock. All right, so we're going to... We're going to start David, Brad, Jake, and then rotate. Keep track of your own score. David, we're starting with you. Dak Prescott. Uh, I think it was that it was one of the games last year. Um, I'm going to say he had – I'm going to say something that's going to be completely off, but I'll say he had uh, 44. Brad? I'm going to say 42. And you guys can oh, use decimal score. by the game way. Score? Okay, I was thinking full season. Okay. Um, thirty-seven. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna price this right, you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, it's thirty-nine point eight. So uh, Jake is the. Actually, uh, no. I'm wait, Brad is the closest. Because Brad said I'm over. I said forty-two. Are we yeah. doing prices right rules or no? Uh, it's, it's whoever gets closest. Okay. He, he edged right. me by point six. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. All right, so I can Brad got one and bar for you guys to figure it out. <laughs> Brad, we're starting with you for number two. Ryan Tannehill. I'm gonna go 36. Jake. <laughs> now I'm gonna go the opposite way on you. 37. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> All right, and David. I'm gonna go the opposite way on you. Going the opposite. I'm gonna go 35. 35. Yeah, you sandwiched. Yeah. You're out of this. <laughs> All right, well. That's two for Jake because his career high is 37 no, on the money. No, because I Oh, is it? You got the exact <laughs> one. It's 37. 37. Oh, no so decimals, right? 37. <laughs> Sorry. All right. That's it. So so Jake has a 2-1 lead over Brad. No, I think We're it's 1-1. One, one, you, Jake. Tevin. Oh, I got it on the money. No, no. Jake oh, got Ryan Tannehill on the money. Gotcha. 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 All right, Jake. Your guy is Tevin Coleman, and it's PPR scoring. Last oh. year? I think just, just his, his career, high. career high. Oh, career high. I was going to say last year. Like, <laughs> what was last year like four? Um, <laughs> career high. I'm going to say 24.5. David? I'm going to say 29. I'm going to say Brad. 32. Brad's closest. It's 37.8. The year before what? that, he had a four touchdown game with the 49ers. Oh, I, I do remember that, that game. Now you say that. Yeah. Wow. All right, so so Brad and Jake each got two. The next one, and Dave, we're going back to you. It's his former, Dave, it's his uh, former teammate out the backfield. It's Devonta Freeman. Oh God, he had some good Falcons days. Um, I feel like they had they to finish be... together and t- inside the top ten. <laughs> yeah. I, when I heard his name, forty nine just struck me. Like I, I don't want to turn 49. it away. That's absurd. Forty nine. I don't know if anybody's okay. ever had 49. Brad. I'm going to go uh I'm going to go 34. All right, and Jake. <laughs> uh 35.5. I'll give you a half of uh. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad's the closest. It's 33.7. Oh, uh, damn. I was way off. Devin Coleman has had a high oh. career high. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, David, you're not good at this game. No, I <laughs> We got we got <laughs> two left Twitter followers or something. We got we got we got two left here. Brad's got a three two lead over Jake, and David's no way is winning this. I can if I get both on the so, money. I guess we'll win. That's true. All right, all right. Well, that's yet. not going to happen. But Brad, we're starting <laughs> with you, Jordy Nelson. Oh wow, I'm going to go thirty seven. Jake, forty one point three. I was gonna. I literally had forty one on my brain, so now I have they to go forty one. So now <laughs> you, you <laughs> got the under on me. <laughs> that's true. I'll, I'll go forty one. I'll stick with my gut. All right. Well, David, it's smart. You did that. It's thirty nine point one. So ah, you beat out Brad by point two on that. <laughs> yeah. So going into the last the one, <laughs> it's three, three for Brad, two for Jake, one for David, and we're starting with Jake, Dwayne Allen. The, the tight end, Dwayne Allen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 21.2. David? 26. That Brad. name is like barely familiar to me. I'm going to go 
24. Dwayne Allen had a 29.2 fantasy game. Oh, my God. So David's, David Jeez. is closest for 26, but Brad is our winner. <laughs> oh, man. Brad, That's wire on, man. to wire. Nice job. <laughs> you don't win too many games, Brad. So <laughs> I don't. I needed was, this one. That was great. But, uh, oh, yeah, taking a we, – we always throw some good throwback names on this show. Uh, but on that note, Jake, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It was a ton of fun for us to be able to talk the AFC South with you. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, don't forget Kobe Fleener back then, too, as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that- <laughs> yeah, that, that was going to be for next be time. A, <laughs> he's going to be the amazing teammate from college. That Everything was supposed to happen with that. Man. Oh, man, I love just reminiscing on those guys. Let me just say, I just wanted Dwayne Allen to be a thing so bad that he just never was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, Jake, really appreciate you, man. You want to go ahead and plug whatever you got going on, anything you're writing, any video work, anything that you're doing, uh, please go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, you mentioned a lot of it at the beginning when you were saying man instead of boy. Uh, but yeah, over at The <laughs> Athletic, our draft kit drops next week. Uh, all my projections this year, you're going to be able to change them if you don't like them, and it's going to re-rank for you. So look for that, and then... Yeah, the podcast of the athletic. I'm going to be doing video with Bets TV this year, so a lot. I tweet it all out anyway. That's just saved people the trouble. It's a good follow at the All In Kid. Make sure you check him out. Does a lot of great work. Make sure you guys stick with us next week. We're going to be covering the AFC West with Jacob Sanderson of Roto World. So make sure you stay with us for that. Uh, until then, everybody, be safe out there. Go draft the best ball, and we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys 